During my teenage years, I used to go to boys' brigade with my brothers on a Friday night. And one Friday night, I arranged with my best mate to meet up with a couple of girls outside a youth drop-in centre after Boys' Brigade. And this was held at a fairly cool, trendy church that was across the road from my father's conservative Baptist church. And so I changed out of my Boys' Brigade uniform. I put on my Wrangler jeans, my Miller shirt, and my brown suede shoes. I thought I was looking reasonably good and would be able to fit it with the in crowd that hung out at this place. I was chatting with a group of guys and girls on the footpath outside this church when someone said, who's that lady over there? My friend said, isn't that your mother, Martha? (laughs) Sure enough, to my embarrassment, my mum had come to get me. She said, Dad and I don't want you coming here, Martin. You've got to come home at once. I went from being in the in crowd to being seriously uncool in about two seconds. (laughs) Psychologists say that most people identify themselves as either being in the in crowd or as on the outer or an outsider. Insiders usually have a group to which they belong and they feel secure in their identity. Outsiders are people who don't usually feel a part of what's going on. Some people feel like outsiders for most of their lives. They look at others and they feel inadequate. They struggle to relate to what's going on around them and they worry about saying the wrong thing. People starting a new school, a new job or even a new church may feel their status change from being an insider to an outsider. It's great to be able to help people come into a sense of belonging as they get to know people here at Topor Baptist Church. Our study this morning is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. And it's about an in-group and a group of outsiders. Let's read um, the verses from Ephesians 2, verses 14 to 16, just to start off. It says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups, together as one body. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. 2,000 years ago, the main division on planet Earth was between Jews and Gentiles. Anyone that wasn't a Jew was a Gentile. Most of us here this morning are Gentiles or non-Jews. 
The division has been made by God who had a special relationship with the Jewish people through a covenant that he formed with their ancestor Abraham. God promised Abraham that he would send a Messiah through his ancestors, through the Jewish people, and that the whole world would be blessed by this Messiah. God also gave Israel prophets who were his representatives and were able to tell the people what God was saying. He also gave the Jewish people the Holy Scriptures. The intention was that God would be so good to Abraham and his descendants that the rest of the world would want to know their God as well. But the Jews didn't share these blessings with the other people in the way that God intended. And it all became about keeping the rules rather than having a relationship with God. But all of this changed with the coming of Jesus Christ, who was the prophesied Messiah that was going to come and change the world. And so the Apostle Paul was a Jew and a Pharisee. He came from the distinguished tribe of Benjamin. He was named after the first king of Israel, King Saul. He was definitely one of the in crowd. The Ephesians were the people that this letter was sent to, were Gentiles. And in our reading today, Paul tries to remove some of those barriers that differentiated and separated Jews from Gentiles. So Jesus came to destroy the greatest barrier of all, the sin barrier between God and humankind. And the removal of that barrier brings hope for the unity of every race, every culture, every creed. If Jesus can bring Jews and Gentiles together, he can bring anyone together. Jerusalem was where the temple was located. And many important festivals and ceremonies were held there. But a Gentile who visited Jerusalem was only allowed into the outer court of the temple. So the Jews went to the temple to worship God, but there was an outer court that non-Jews could go to, but they couldn't go beyond the outer court into the inner court because only Jews could go into that area. And in 1871, when archaeologists were sort of digging over the remains of that temple, they uncovered a plaque in the temple ruins, with this inscription, it said, No foreigner may enter within the barricade which surrounds the sanctuary and enclosure. Anyone who is caught doing so will have himself to blame for his ensuing death. Now, I'm not sure whether that's sort of saying, Well, look, if you go where you're not supposed to go, you're going to be under a curse and God's going to zap you. Or... We're going to get you because you're not supposed to go there. But it didn't look very exciting for anyone that sort of went into that wrong area. And so Paul tells the Ephesians how that Christ's death on the cross brought about a radical change. In verses 11 to 13, he says, You used to be outsiders, 
But now everything has changed because of Jesus. You know, there's many benefits to being a citizen in a country. You can have a vote. You can have a say in politics. You don't need to get a visa to, to leave or to come back. You can get medical, educational, and retirement benefits. And most of us here are New Zealand citizens. But there are many, many people who are unhappy about some aspect of their life, their job, even their appearance. A survey of movie stars showed that over 80% would change some part of their body if they were able to. So we have plastic surgery these days. People have makeovers. People have Botox. And most people would prefer to be shorter or taller, thinner, fatter, different hair, different size, nose or shape, nose. And often people struggle to come to terms with who they are by birth. Some nationalities suffer intense prejudice and are disadvantaged. When we lived in Brunei, most people that lived over there had a full-time live-in domestic servant. And how much you paid your domestic servant was solely based on the nationality of that person. So there were different prices for a Malay, for a Filipino, for an Indonesian. If you were from one country, that was how much you got paid. People were valued in a different ways. Isn't it amazing, isn't it wonderful that in this country we have equality and we have what is called an egalitarian country where there is equal opportunity for everyone. But in many parts of the world, that is not the case. And so in verses 11 to 13, Paul lists the ways in which the Gentiles were excluded before the death of Christ. And in verse 11, he says, you were outsiders by birth. Just the very fact that you weren't a Jew meant you were on the outside. You were uncircumcised, all right? Jews got circumcised. Not that Gentiles wanted to be circumcised anyway. Uh, verse 12, living apart from Christ, excluded from God's people, without God, without hope. Verse 13, far away from, from God, aliens and atheists. Now, today we talk about aliens as pe being people from outer space, but an alien was anyone that wasn't a citizen um, in that country. And when we examine our own lives, we realize that we don't actually amount to very much on our own, do we? But Paul moves on from these feelings of hopelessness. And he says in verse 13, Though you once were far away from Christ, now you have been brought near to him because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so God was concerned with our inability to connect and to communicate with him. And so he took the steps necessary to ensure that we didn't have to remain as being part of the excluded outsiders group. As soon as we 
make a commitment to Christ, as soon as we are in Christ, the whole situation changes. In him, we are able to step across that dividing line between Jew and Gentile. On the cross, Christ abolished those things that separated Gentiles from Jews. Things like circumcision, ritual laws, ceremonies, and ordinances. Now, Gentiles who are in Christ are even closer to God than Jews who are outside of Christ. Jew and Gentile are now one body, and we both have access to the Spirit of God. Forty years after Jesus died, that physical wall that divided Gentiles from Jews in the temple was demolished. The Romans sacked and ransacked that um, temple and dismantled it. And that wall was knocked down. But Paul is writing this letter eight years before that happened. And he's saying, look, because of Jesus, even though that physical wall is still there, it doesn't mean anything. Because Jesus has broken down the division between Jews and Gentiles. You may have turned away from God and lived deliberately in sin and disobedience. Jesus did not come to judge the world. The world was already under a sentence of death. Jesus came to bring us to God, to make us righteous and accessible to God. Our sins are either punished in Christ or they'll be punished in us. But people still try to climb over that wall of separation. Some people think if I do the right things, I'll get over that wall and I'll get close to God. And so we try to impress God by being holy. But Isaiah, the prophet, says that our self-righteousness, the things that we think will, be, will impress God, are like filthy rags to God. Others deny the existence of sin. They try to convince themselves that there is no wall. Yet the wall remains until Christ comes into our lives to set us free. A lot of you may have heard of a U.S. golfer called Payne Stewart. And in 1999, he was the world's eighth-ranked golfer. And then he died suddenly in a plane crash. That year, he'd won the U.S. Open. And he was a member of the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Obviously, an insider. Private jet, wealthy man, great golfer cover of golf magazine, everyone wanted to be his friend. He was also a member of the First Baptist Church in Orlando, Florida. And at his funeral, his pastor said that in the last year, he had gone through a spiritual renewal. He'd come to faith in Christ as his saviour, and he'd trusted God for the provision of his strength and the needed balance in his life. He was a keen Christian who had Christ in his life and somehow also in his death. That knowledge brought a great sense of peace to his family at a tragic and difficult stage. We may think that we're an insider, 
We've got lots of friends that we're popular, that life's sweet. But have you made a relationship with God? Have you sorted out this relationship that will be eternal? There's no wall keeping anyone here from receiving Jesus Christ this morning. Christ's death on the cross was to take the punishment for our rebellion against God. Jesus became our substitute so that we might be able to enjoy a relationship with God. The physical body of Jesus Christ was beaten and broken on the cross. But now God has created a new body. All believers in Jesus now make up the body of Christ. Christ has broken down the wall. When we repent of our sin, that barrier between us and God is removed. And so in Ephesians 2 verses 17 to 20, it says, Consequently, you are now no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And in Matthew 25, 27 verse 5, it tells us that at that moment that Jesus died when he was on the cross, that curtain that went into the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest was allowed to go, that curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. And so now with the sacrifice and death of Jesus Christ, we are given entry into the Holy of Holies. We can approach God ourselves. We don't have to go through a high priest. And so this barrier, as well as the legal barrier that separated Jews and Gentiles, was removed. And so in Hebrews 4 verse 16, the writer invites us to draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God, with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. We can bodily enter into the presence of God through Jesus our Savior. And we can be seated with God in spiritual places. We are no longer foreigners or outsiders, but citizens of God's kingdom. As members of God's household, we can move from despair into hope through Jesus Christ. And part of our Topol Baptist Church vision is for all believers, no matter what country, culture, or age, to be loved, respected, and honored here as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so in verses 21 and 22, it says, In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. So that's talking about us individually, but it's also talking about us corporately as a body of believers. And as a body of believers, God has given each one of us gifts that we can use to serve him 
in this town, in this city, in this community. We can come to church on a Sunday, but God requires a greater level of commitment from us. He's skilled us in various ways. And as we step up and we say, Lord, it's not just about me. I want to use the gifts that you've given me to help other people. And as we start serving God and connecting with other people in this body, God, this body comes alive and becomes powerful. And God is able to use us in greater ways. You know, there's a, a lot of people on the perimeter of this church. You're just on the outside. You may come once a month or Christmas, Easter, whatever. But God wants to pull you close to, to the center. He wants us to be connected. If I was to put a rubber band around that finger and cut off the blood supply, supply to this finger, it would die. And we need to be connected to be alive so that God is able to use us. God is a master craftsman. And he talks about us being living stones built into the temple of God. But a master craftsman, when he's laying stones, he's got to get the edges smooth. He's got to chip off some of the rough edges. And we're going through a process of maturation where God is changing us, transforming us, helping us to get on with each other, learning about ourselves, what we can do better, how we can work together as a team. And so let's become better connected. And as we do that, we will fulfill our function, our purpose, and our vision in this place. Let's give the Holy Spirit free reign in our lives to bring forth his righteousness, peace, and joy as we love one another in a way that, the, that makes the world take, a note, take notice. And so we encourage you to become more connected to this fellowship, to even consider becoming a member as we all endeavor to use the gifts that God has given us to serve him in this place. Let's pray. Father God, when we were far off, you reached out to us in your mercy and love. We thank you that we are now a part of your family. Jesus, you are our salvation, our peace, our joy and our delight. We give you thanks and praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.